Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. We are going to continue our series here on the fruit of the Spirit. We call this our summer sermon series that we're doing. Uh, We've been several weeks on this already, and now we're starting to dig in each one of the individual fruits of the Spirit. We've already talked about patience. Uh, We talked about love last week. If you missed that message, you need to get it off our podcast. Uh, To to me, I I love being able to share that last night because, or last week. Uh, Because we are commanded to love each other, how? As we love ourselves. Do you realize that you're not going to know, first of all, you're not going to know how to love till you know God. Secondly, you're not going to know how to love others till first of all, you're loving yourself, right? A lot of people get messed up, they try to love people and they don't even love themselves. So you've got to love yourself, you've got to learn how to do that, and I shared that with you last week, how we do that. And then once you learn how to love yourself, you're loving on yourself. Now this isn't a selfish type of a love, it's a very uh, others focus, but it starts with ourselves. Then we're going to extend that out into loving other people. So go back and listen to that message if you missed it last week. Uh, it will be on our podcast, you can go to our website at myvictory.church. And I click on our podcast and be able to get to it there. You can also go to my blog at johncannon.org, click on media, get to the podcast there. Uh, so I want you to be able to, uh, to hear that. Today we're going to talk about joy out of Galatians chapter number 5. Look, if you will, in verse number 16. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church, churches of Galatia, which if you remember, these are house churches. It's not really a big assembled local first whatever church of Galatia. These are house churches. And he's writing to these churches that are assembled together. And he says in chapter 5, in verse number 16, he says this, I say then, walk by the Spirit. Okay? Now that's important. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So, let's do a quiz on this verse. How are we to be walking? By the Spirit, right? What could we be fulfilling if we do not walk by the Spirit? The flesh, right? So we get to make a choice every single day. We get to make multiple choices throughout the day how we are going to walk, how we're going to act, how we're going to react. By the way, if you remember last week, I shared with you that love is a choice, just like joy is a choice. Just like all these fruits of the Spirit, they are a choice. Because God would never command us to do something that we cannot will to do. Does that make sense? He's commanded us to love. So you get to choose whether you're going to love or not. Now we see that another fruit of the Spirit is joy. So we get to choose whether we're going to have joy or not. And we get to choose whether we're going to walk by the Spirit. Now go down, if you will, in verse number 22. I've already in several messages back kind of unpacked a little bit of the the desires of the flesh. But I want to get to verse 22 because here's where the Apostle Paul is unpacking for us the fruit of the Spirit. We're to walk in the Spirit 
And if we are walking in the Spirit, we are going to be producing the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? Look what he says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Spoke on that last week. Patience. A little further. I started with that one. Okay? Today we're going to talk about joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. And we're going to unpack every single one of those in this summer, summer, say it fast with me, summer sermon series. Say that, say it five times really fast, okay? Say it, go ahead, everybody together, here we go. Summer, yeah, do it, keep doing it. Now, you can't laugh at me when I stumble all over that up here, okay? That's tough to say. I don't know who in the world came up with that anyway. Okay, here we go. We're going to talk to you about joy. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for our privilege to be together and thank you, Lord, for our church and our church family and thank you for our worship experience that we've been blessed to be able to have this morning. And and Lord, I pray now that you speak to our hearts. And God, I realize that that we all come from different walks of life and we're all facing different things in our life. And, And I just pray, God, that you help us to produce the fruit of joy. That, Lord, you help us to be a people that understands what joy is and help us God to be an example to this world of how in the midst of the mess that we're in today we can have joy but only if we know you and I pray God you speak to hearts today in Jesus name I pray amen let me ask you a question and this is this is kind of real stuff you ever feel overwhelmed in life you ever feel stressed out? You ever feel fatigued, and tired, and just like you want to throw in the towel and quit? Do you ever feel like that goes on for days and weeks and months, and you wonder, how in the world am I going to get out of this rut? By the way, you know what a rut is, right? A, a rut is a grave with both ends kicked out, okay? I mean, if you're in a rut, you're kind of just dead. We've got to get out of that rut. Are you with me? You ever felt like any of those things I just mentioned? Do you realize that whenever you feel like that, you have a choice? I know that in my own personal life, whenever I personally start getting discouraged and depression may start to set in, or that I'm getting stressed, or I'm fatigued over something, or I'm feeling overwhelmed about something, or all of that is setting in, I know there's two things that I need in my life. Number one is more vitamin D. (laughs) Amen? That's a good thing, by the way. That, that's not spiritual, but it's a good thing. That'll help you. Number two is this. I need to make a choice on if I'm going to choose Jesus and His Word or the situation and the condition that I'm faced with and that I'm living in. If I'm going to choose Jesus and His Word, then I'm going to go to Galatians 5 and 22 and I'm going to intentionally be joyful in the midst of whatever circumstances that I may find myself in. Guys, I want you to understand this. I want you to know this. Joy is a choice. You get to choose whether you want to be joyful or not. Joy is not a result of the circumstances that you find yourself in, right? Joy is something far deeper than that. And it's a choice that you get to make. But here's what I do know. If you don't know Jesus, you can't produce the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? It all starts, and I want that to be a premise. I mean, that's kind of a given for all of us here. 
You must know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior if you're going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Otherwise, you're going to fulfill and live and carry out the desire of the flesh because there's no other alternative for you. Are you with me? You get one or the other. You're either in Jesus or you're in Adam. You're in Christ Jesus, clothed in His righteousness, producing His fruit, or you're in Adam, the sinful nature that we've all been born in. That's the only two men, women, people that we can walk in, right? So if you know Jesus, then you can start producing the fruit of the Spirit. And when you are overwhelmed, when you are stressed out, when fatigue is setting in, when you feel like throwing in the towel, you can push the pause button and you can choose joy. Now I want to share with you several ways that we can do that, okay? Because I promise you, this week's going to roll in. You're going to go on the job tomorrow morning. And there's going to be situations and circumstances and things that are going to come up this week that you're going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to get fatigued. You're going to be stressed out over. You're going to want to quit. You're going to get discouraged. It may lead to depression. I mean, all of those things are out there if you're walking by yourself. But if you're walking in Christ Jesus, then we have the Comforter who is with us every single day. That's the Holy Spirit. And He will lead us and guide us and help us to produce this type of a lifestyle. Okay? Now, we can have joy. Everybody say, joy is a choice. Say that with me. Joy is a... Say it again. Joy... Now, turn to your neighbor because I don't think your neighbor got it. And tell your neighbor that joy is a choice. Right now, go ahead and do that. You get to choose joy. Okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I want to choose joy. I want to be a joyful person. I want to be a positive person. I want to be a person that sees the glass half full and not half empty, right? But I know that life happens. And life can beat us down from time to time. But we've got to realize, hey, I don't have to live like this. I can choose to live in joy. I can choose to walk in the fullness of Jesus Christ. I can choose to produce the fruit of the Spirit with the Lord's help. Are you with me, church? So let's look something else here. I want you to look in your Bibles in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. Here's a verse of Scripture from the Apostle Paul in Philippians. He says this, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I love that. He says, don't worry about anything. Here's what I do know. You cannot live a life of worry and a life of joy at the same time. Right? You cannot worry and pray at the same time. Worrying is where you say, I'm going to take care of this, I'm going to do it, I'm going to make it better. Better. Joy is when you say, you know what, I've got the joy of the Lord in my heart. I don't know what to do about that situation, but I know one who does, and I'm going to talk to Jesus about it, and I'm going to give it to Him, and I'm going to choose joy today, and I'm going to put a smile on my face, and I'm going to walk in the fullness of Christ, and I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ. Are you getting this, church? That's the choice that we get to make. You can't do both at the same time. You can't worry and pray at the same time. You can't worry and have joy at the same time. And Paul is saying, do not worry about anything. Right? Wow. 
But what are we to do in place of that? In everything with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, when you start having a thankful heart, then you can start experiencing joy. Right? Let your petitions and requests be made known unto the Lord with everything. Now, let me share with you something else about this particular passage of Scripture. Do you realize that when Paul was writing the book of Philippians, matter of fact, as you study the entire Bible and all the different books of the Bible, you're going to find every book has a little bit of a tagline of what that book is about. You know what the book of Philippians is about? The whole book is about a three-letter word that we're talking today that is the fruit of the Spirit. What is it? Joy. The entire book is about joy. Now let me tell you one of the most amazing things about this book. This book was written by the Apostle Paul when he was in one of the deepest, darkest situations of his life. He was in prison. He was jailed for the cause of the gospel. But even in the midst of this very low place that he was in his life, he pens and writes this amazing book about joy. Here's something else I want you to get. Go ahead and put the next slide, if you will, up, please. I want you to understand that joy is a fundamental need in all of life. We need joy in order to survive and make it and live in this life. I would hate to think that I had to live, a lot, live life without any type of joy. I shared this with you yesterday on a... Facebook video as I was driving up to Champaign and I was just thinking about this message and thinking about you and hoping you'd be here today so that I could come back and share this with you. I read an article in the U.S. News and World Report. There are a lot of corporations that hire and bring in joy consultants because they know that if their employees and their staff do not have joy while they're on the job, they know that productivity is going to go down. They know that the, the atmosphere and the spirit in the crowd is going to go down. So they go out and they hire these joy consultants to come in. Right? I wonder, why haven't they called me? Right? All they need are preachers to go in and preach the Word of God. Right? You want to increase productivity in your life? You want to be more effective in what you're doing? You want to overcome the negativity and be more productive in what you're doing in life? Then learn how to be a person that bears the fruit of the spirit of joy. Now, I'm going to share with you an, an, an acronym about joy. And it's actually six different things that we find here that are called joy builders. Okay, so let me jump into these real quick. And I won't be real long on all of these. But I want to give you these. And, and I'm going to borrow this from Rick Warren. I love his acronym on, on joy. And he uses joyful. So I want to borrow this from him and, and share this with you. Number one, we're going to spell out the word joyful. Okay, so on your notes, I want you to write the word joyful all the way down. There's six of these things we're going to talk about just briefly that can help you walk out of here today and live and produce the fruit of joy tomorrow. The letter J stands for this. Jettison all regrets about your past. Now, to jettison means to disregard. It means to abandon. It means to eliminate. It means to get rid of. Now, what are we to disregard and get rid of? The past. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 13. Now all of these six principles are pulled from the book of Philippians. Okay? Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 13 simply says this. Paul says, Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Paul says, I forget what is behind and I reach forward to what is ahead. 
One thing I do is forgetting what is behind. Listen, guys, there's a lot of people that do not or are not able to produce joy, the fruit of the Spirit, in their life because they are hung up on what happened in the past. Listen, there's some things, and I'm not saying forget about everything in the past. There's some good things that we can pull out of the past that can help us even have joy today, right? But there are some things that we've got to choose to forget. There are some things that we've got to leave behind. You may be living with a a life full of regrets of your past. Let it go. Leave it at the foot of the cross. God has forgiven you. God has chosen to forget about it. Now you forget about it. Ask forgiveness of it if it's something sinful. And move on. Let go of the past. A lot of folks, because of situations they've been through in the past, whether it's something that hurt them or whether they were hurt by someone intentionally or unintentionally, someone did something to them intentionally or unintentionally, an experience that they had, a set of circumstances that they were in that resulted in something negative in their life, they cannot have joy in their life today because they're anchored in that event. Paul is telling us in Philippians 3.13, we must forget about it. We must leave it back there. Listen, I can't change what happened to me in the past. Right? And I can't even change what's going to happen to me in the future, really. All I can really change is the here and now. Are you with me? The present is all that I can really, really change. And I believe that will eventually change my future. But whatever happened in the past, I can't, I can't do anything about it. There are a lot of people today that are walking and living miserable lives because of something that took place in the past that's got this ball and chain on them and will not allow them to get past that. Paul is telling us in Philippians 3.13, forget what is behind and reach towards what is ahead. I like that. Jettison all regrets of the past. Okay? How many have made mistakes in the past? Raise your hand. My hand's up. How many have some regrets in the past? My hand's up. How many look back at some situations that may be negative situations and realize maybe I didn't handle that the right way? How many is that? That's me too, okay? We all have that. What do we need to do? Let it put across, forget about it, and move on. Are you with me? So jettison all regrets about the past. Let's look at the letter O. And I've already alluded to this one. But omit all worries about your future. Omit all worries about your future. Listen, all you have is the present. Right? Are you with me? So, worrying about tomorrow, you need to omit that. If you're going to have joy in your life. I've already shared with you the verse of Scripture out of Philippians 4, verse number 6. Where Paul says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. You cannot be joyful and worried at the same time. I've already nailed that one home, okay? Got it? Okay. Omit all worries about your future. The letter Y is this. Yield yourself to God's purpose. Surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. Surrender to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. Surrender to what God's Word says about you and your life. Yield yourself to God's purpose. Listen, there are a lot of folks who are just drifting through life. They don't know where they're going. They don't know why they're going in a certain direction. They really have no purpose in why they get up tomorrow morning and go on the job. 
They're just surviving daylight to sunset and, and hope they can get through the night. And the next day, they just survive again. Listen, you don't have to live like that. Guys, do you realize that not one person here was born by accident or mistake? Are you with me? When a child is born, when a child is conceived, that is a miracle of God. That's God at work in, in bringing that child to life. Are you with me? And by the way, in case you want to know where we stand on the issue, I believe life begins at conception. Are you with me? That baby that's in that womb is a, is a creation of God. Right? And I know that every single child that's ever been born, every single person that's ever been born, none of those children are an accident. Now, there may be some accidental parents. Okay? Are you with me? There may be some uh-oh moments. Oh, wow, I didn't see that one coming type thing by parents. But there are no accidents with God or a child being born. God has a plan for every child that's ever been conceived. Right? May I just throw out something right here? This is a sidebar, and I told my son I wouldn't be real long today, and it may get long if I keep doing this, so this may be the only time that I do this. I realize today that cancer is a horrible thing, right? I have a grandmother that passed away of cancer. Uh, my wife had cancer. Uh, I understand the effects and the impact that cancer brings. I know we're starting today to bring a lot of attention to it, and we're trying to find a cure for cancer, and that's a big political push, and it's a good push that needs to be made today. But could it be that God said, years ago, I created a child that was going to grow up and discover, and I was going to gift that child with the ability to bring, out, bring across the, the cure for cancer, but because you aborted that child, now we're having to live with cancer? Could it be? Could it be? Just throwing it out there. Listen, I think abortion sin, I'm not even getting there, but let's don't even go there right now, okay? That's not the point of this message, right? But here's what I want you to get. Yield yourself to God's purpose. God has a plan for you. He has a calling on your life. Listen to what he says and what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For me, living is Christ and dying is gain. Living is Christ. What is it for you? For you, living is you fill in the blank. For you, life is all about you fill in the blank. Well, if it's anything other than Christ, then you're, going to come, you're, you're drawing the short end of the stick. You're getting the short straw. You're shortchanging yourself. Because when you start living out God's purpose and God's plan in your life, it's an amazing journey that you can go on that produces all types of wonderful fruits of the Spirit and one of them being joy. Are you with me? Philippians 1 and 6, listen to what Paul said. He said, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. There's no greater cause in all of life than living out God's purpose and God's plan for my life. There's no greater call or purpose in your life than living out God's plan and God's purpose in your life. Right? Will you choose to do that? You see, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to let go and die out to self. A lot of people live, a lot of people can't experience joy because they're just selfish people. I'm going to say more about that in a moment. Right? There's a lot of people that never have joy because they're selfish. And if all you're focused on is yourself, then I promise you, you're never really going to experience joy. 
The acronym that I like is for joy is Jesus, others, yourself. That's the order they've got to be in, right? So let's go on to the next one, J-O-Y. Let's look at the letter F. Focus on what's good. Focus on what's good. Did Paul address that in Philippians? He did, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. I want you to listen to this. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, he says at the end of that verse, dwell on these things. Now, Paul is telling us that there's some things we need to focus on. Are there some bad things that's happened in our life? Yes. Are there some negative things that have impacted us in our life? Yes. But you get to make a choice. What are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus on the bad? Are you going to focus on the negative? Now, I'm not saying it's not there, okay? But I'm saying there is a mindset that we've got to get in. And that mindset, by the way... The Scripture says that we are being transformed to the image of God by what? By the renewing of what? Come on, church, you know this. By the renewing of what? Our mind. So you know today the only thing I'm speaking to is your mind? I can't speak to your heart because you're the gatekeeper of your heart. I can't take the truth of God's Word and plant it in your heart because you're the one that's going to plant it there. All I can speak to is your mind. For those that will even listen to me. So I want you to renew your mind. How in the world then do we renew the mind? We go to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. And we think on things that are true. I don't know of anything more true than God's Word, do you? Right? The truth of the Word of God. I think that's where a good place to start. So if you want to have joy in your life, you've got to focus on what is good. And this quote out of Philippians 4 verse 8 came from what? It's not a trick question. Where did this quote come from? Philippians 4 8. It came from what? The, the Word of God. It came from the Bible. So if you want to focus on what is good, you know what you need to do? You need to spend more time in God's Word. Amen? Spend less time on other stuff that you're filtrating your mind with And renew your mind with the Word of God. There's a paradigm shift that would take place whenever you renew your mind with the Word of God and you start living the principles and understanding what God's Word is teaching and I'm renewing my mind. And now, is there negative things that have taken place in my life? Yes. But I just choose not to dwell on them. I want to dwell on the good things. Right? I want to focus on the positive things. I want to think on things that are true, things that are honorable, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are commendable. Are you with me? You may tell you where a good start for this would be for all of us. Why don't you let's do a twenty-four hour challenge? Actually, let's do longer than that. Let, let, oh, let's do a twenty-four. Let's all start right now. Let's start first thing in the morning. It's easy to do it on Sunday while you're sitting in church. Okay? Let's do it Monday morning. Let's start 6 a.m. Monday morning, and let's run through 6 a.m. Tuesday morning. Everything that you post on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, help me out. What else? LinkedIn, help me out. What other platforms? Everything. What is it? Instagram. Everything that you post. We, are you with me? Are you in? Are you in? Are you in, church? You want joy? Then you've got to change the way you think. 
Hello? Reach over to your neighbor because somebody's not listening right now. Tell them, you've got to change the way you think. Okay? 24-hour challenge. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. Not one thing can you post that is negative. You can't slam somebody. You can't slam something. You can't get on some soapbox. You can't call people out negative. You've got to post positive things that are true to the Word of God. Paul tells us, finally, brothers. I think he just threw the gauntlet down. Finally, brothers. Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. I want to challenge you. Whatever is true, just, lovely, honorable, commendable, I want you to post those things on social media for 24 hours. You want to do it? How many is in? Raise your hand. Alright? Here's the next thing I want you to do. When you post something, I want you to tag me. I want to see it. When you post something, tag me. Now how many is in? <laughs> Let's do it, church. Let's focus on what's good. Listen, is there enough negative crap out there to focus on? Yes. I choose not to focus on it. You won't see my post with any of that junk or garbage. I'm not going to focus on the negativity. I'm going to focus on things that are true, things that are honorable, things that are lovely, things that are of good report, things that are commendable, because I want to camp out and live in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. Will you come join me? It's a great place to live. Matter of fact, there's plenty of room. Not a lot of folks camping out there. Are you with me? So you won't have to jockey for the best seats. The best seats are still available. In Philippians 4a. Okay? Alright, let's go on to the next one. That's the letter F. Now here's another one. The letter U. On joyful. The letter U is this. Use your life to help others. Whoa. I didn't say help yourself. I said to help others. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 1. I want you to listen to what Paul was writing. He says this. In the latter part of that verse, he says you. He's talking to the church at Philippi. He's talking to the brothers, the believers there in the churches of Philippi. And he says this at the latter part of that verse. He says, you are dearly loved and longed for... He says, you are my joy and crown. The Apostle Paul called these believers at Philippi his joy and his crown. Now, I've already said it and I'll say it again. If you're going to have joy, you can't live a selfish life. Right? Because you've got to focus on others. Jesus, others, and then yourself. You can't be a selfish person. You've got to invest in the lives of others. If you want to have continuous joy in your life, there's something you've got to do. You've got to give yourself away every single day. Right? It's not about me. It's about what I can do to bless you. It's not about me. It's about what I can do to help you. It's not about me. It's about what I can do to encourage you. You realize, and matter of fact, before I give you this statistic, you realize that 95% of all statistics are made up on the spot? <laughs> so let me give you a statistic, okay? <laughs> I have no idea what the statistic is, but I know it's on the heavy end. 
Most, read most posts on social media. What are most of them about? How bad a day I'm having. What I'm going through. I mean, it looks like, e- it looks like Eeyore wrote the thing, right? Oh. Or, or the old, uh, the old hee haw song. I'm gonna date myself a little bit. Remember when the old guys were out in the cornfield? And, oh, what was blue despair, agony on me. Oh, you remember that? How many remember that? When I get on there and, and just peruse and look around a little bit, which I don't, I don't do a whole lot because I just don't want to see all this negative stuff. But when I get on there and peruse a little bit, that's what I say. Oh, oh. oh. Right? Who wants to follow that? Who wants to read that every day? Are you with me? So instead of it being about you, let's make it about others. Now don't post negative things about other people. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. I'm I'm saying let's try to help. Okay? Let's use our life to be a blessing to others. So let's stop focusing on our problems. Let's stop focusing on our aches. Let's stop focusing on our pains. And let's start focusing on what we can do to bring value to other people. What we can do to help other people. Matter of fact, how many of you guys are familiar with Zig Ziglar? Strong Christian man. Had a... He was a motivational speaker. He was a huge encourager in all of life. Pulled all of his business principles straight from the Word of God. Matter of fact, Zig Ziglar has a couple quotes. I want to give them to you here real quickly. I love this man. He's passed away now. Solid Christian man. Matter of fact, his work still continues today through books and webinars and things they've done digitally. His son has taken over his ministry and his business, if you will, still promoting good things. If you're looking for some good positive things... I highly recommend Zig Ziglar's material. Go look at it. Listen to what he said. One of the things he said, if you want to achieve your goals, do what? Think about self, get my list, forget about everybody else, hug somebody, stab them in the back, they're disposable, climb the corporate ladder any way you can. No. He says this, and it's very true, and it really comes out of Scripture. If you want to achieve your goals in life then just spend your life helping other people achieve their goals. You want to get everything... Put the next quote up, if you will, please, Byron. Here's the next one. You will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want in life. Think about that. Matter of fact, let me tell you something about Zig. He died November 28, 2012. He traveled more than 5 million miles carrying this fantastic message of how you can succeed. He said, quit thinking about yourself and think about how you can help other people succeed. I love that. He touched a quarter of a billion, with a B, lives. Think about that. Through his books, through his conferences, his seminars, a quarter billion lives with this message. Now let me ask you, When you come into the next church meeting, will you live in Philippians chapter 2? And I don't think I have this verse up there, Byron. I think I missed it. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3. I want you to turn there in your scripture. 
Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3. Now, depending on what translation you have, it's going to read a little bit different. The King James is going to say, esteem others. The Holman that I'm reading out of, Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 3, the latter part of that verse says, consider others as more important than yourselves. Wow. Zig was right. Where did he get that? From God's Word. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, the latter part. Consider others as more important than yourself. So, when you walk into the next church meeting, instead of walking in here and thinking, I wonder what I can get out of this today, why don't you be more concerned about what other people are going to get out of it today? Instead of rushing over to the Connection Cafe and saying, what can I eat good today? Which, by the way, they rock over there, don't they? Don't those, aren't those ladies... Give my hand right now. Aren't those ladies and men that work in there, aren't they amazing? But instead of rushing over there, why don't you go over there and maybe see Bob in his wheelchair that can't get to that table as easily as you can and say, Bob, what can I get you from the table today? No, 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 I'm not asking you. I'm just using you as an illustration, okay? <laughs> He's wanting me to go get something right now. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, guys? Consider. So, the next church meeting. What about the next business meeting you're in at work? What about the conference meeting you're going to be in? What about the Skype call you're going to be on? What about the Monday morning brain session? I don't know what you go through every week whenever you get together at work. What about your co-workers? Instead of walking in and thinking, what can I get out of this for me? Why don't you walk in and say, you know what? What can I do to be a blessing to someone else today? What can I do to help someone else get that promotion? Somebody, they've worked really, really hard. And I know they have. Instead of competing with them, why don't you encourage them? Why don't you do everything you can to help them get the promotion? Hello? You do that enough, you're going to get everything you need in life. Because God's going to see to it. Are you with me, church? So, the letter U is simply just use your life to help others. I love that. That's really what, where I try to live. I just want to pour my life into other people. I want to be a blessing. That's why you'll see a lot of times I'm, I do hashtag blessings. I just want to be a blessing to other people. I don't want to be somebody who walks in the room and just sucks the life out of the room and everybody says, oh my goodness, here he comes. By the way, there are people like None of you are like that. But there are people like that, right? Oh my goodness. Don't be that person. Are you with me? Come on, guys. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be practical and as truthful as I know to be. Because I want you to be able to take this and walk out that door and let it change your life. It all begins with what? Having a relationship with Jesus Christ. But then we've got to start applying these things. Okay? Let me give you the last one and I'm done. Tyler, you guys come on up so I can just hush. Because I can probably keep on and on and on. Let me give you the last point while they are coming up. The letter L. This is a good one. Learn to be content. Wow. Just learn to be content. Right? I was, um, I was speaking with a church planner the other day. And I sit on our Illinois State Mission Board. And I'm able, not only our church planners in Illinois, but across the country, I can give counsel and advice and encouragement to other church planners. And I was on the phone with another church planner. He's in another state, not here in Illinois. And he was struggling with some things. And, and I just chuckled and sat back and, 
laughed a little bit. He said, why are you laughing? I said, because you remind me of the biggest mistake that I made years ago. And he said, what is it? I said, number one, you're going way too fast. And number two, you're not enjoying the blessings that God's given to you today. Because you're so focused on getting whatever it is you're trying to get tomorrow. Are you with me? God's life is good today. Life is good today. Are you with me? How many have goals in your life and things you want to achieve later in life? Yeah, you can go ahead and play it. Help me wind down. How many have those? We, we all have them. We all want to move forward. But don't allow the dream, the desire, the pursuit of whatever it is that you're trying to become rob you of enjoying where you are today. I have a message that I preach, and I usually preach these in revivals, and I I preached it here many years ago, and maybe I need to pull it off the shelf and preach it again, but the title of the sermon is simply this. Enjoy where you are while you're on your way to where you're going. Enjoy where you are while you're on your way to where you're going. And in that message I use, maybe I'll preach it right now, I won't. But one of the illustrations I use in that message is a sailboat. Now to get that sailboat to go where we need it to go, to reach the destination we want to reach, we have to set the sail, right? We have to wait on the wind, right? So many different analogies here, and I'm not going to unpack them all. We've got to depend on what is not seen on the sailboat. Maybe I'll come back and preach that. But here is what I want you to see. Once you set the sail, once you depend and wait on the wind, then what you need to do is go up in front of the sailboat and sit on the front of it with your feet hanging over and just let the wind blow in your hair for those that can do that, okay? Just enjoy the wind. Just take it in. Just enjoy it. Guys, that's my counsel for you today. Enjoy today. Life is good today. Are you with me? The alternative is not to live. Are you with me? So I don't care what you're going through today. Life is good today. Now there's things, there's adjustments we can make to set the sail, to get life to where we want it to go. That's all well and good. But learn to be content. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11. Paul says this. I don't say this out of need. Remember where he is. He's in prison. He's incarcerated for the cause of Christ. He didn't go out there and do something criminal just for doing what God had called him to do. He's now in prison. And he says this amazing verse and statement in Philippians 4.11. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. Wow. I'll be honest with you. I've been in some tough places. But I've never been anywhere as tough as where the Apostle Paul found himself when he penned this. Ever. 
And if He can find joy in the midst of that, surely we can find joy in what we're living out today. Learn to be content. Life is good when, you tell me. Come on now. Today. Everybody say that together. Life is good today. Let's take the 24-hour challenge starting tomorrow morning. I want you to tag me in every positive thing you throw out there. Okay? I want to see what you're doing. It's called accountability. And I'm just going to tag mine Victory Church. So go to Victory Church. You'll see everything that I'm trying to post positive as well. Okay? Personally tag me. I want to, I want to encourage you. Guys, let's produce the fruit of joy. We get to choose whether we're going to produce that or not. Totally up to you. Once you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Amen? All right. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me pray with you, and then I'm going to turn it over to Tyler to dismiss us. Father, we thank you so much for this word that came from Philippians. Thank you for your servant, the Apostle Paul, who penned these words. Help us to be people that bear and produce the fruit of joy. Help us to be people that other people enjoy being around. Just because we bring a positive influence to the situation. There are going to be different scenarios and fires that are burning. and We get to make a choice when we walk into that. Are we going to throw gasoline or are we going to throw water on the fire? Father, I have chosen to throw water. I want to help defuse things and be a positive influence for the gospel's sake, for the kingdom's sake, for the church's sake. Help us to be joyful people. It's a choice and it's a challenge that we get to make every day. There's a ton of negativity in our world today. Help us to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth people that walks against the grain and doesn't go the direction that the whole world is going. Help us to live and produce a life of joy and help us to impact others for the cause of the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.